0: Feed connecting. Feed connected. Initializing. Psychic link. Successful. Welcome, listeners. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome when? Welcome now and welcome then. Now, we all know that most times in life we find ourselves in more than one place. In the physical world where we can touch what is real and inside the mind where we, to some extent, create what to us is real. Let us start with a chair. Yes. You heard me, a chair. There is the world in which the chair exists, where we are able to physically sit down on the chair, where we can stand on it, make love on it, get murdered on it, get murdered by it, etc. And then there is the other world, the world in which the idea of the chair is created. The world in which the idea of comfort was revolutionized before the object even materialized, before it became physical. I ask you, my dreadful things, which world is more important, the realm of ideas or the realm in which they are actualized? It's alright. You don't have to answer. My point is, we are forever living within two realms of existence, at least. My kind are certainly not the first semi-celestial beings to use this abstract fact to their advantage. We don't. I don't perceive time the same way you do. What you perceive as present, I perceive as past. What I perceive as present, you perceive as future. My kind are beings that live inherently and intentionally time-displaced lives. It's a vaguely accurate or accurately vague way to live. (laughs) But it does give me the option to analyze my non-linear existence from multiple perspectives. And communicate them to you in a similar fashion. As if events that have happened are happening now. Shall we try it again? For the first time. Again. Don't you invite me in, Ugh. or am I expecting? I am? No. Really? Did House call ahead? I thought so. She has a threshold of her own, no? <laughs> Ow. I gather it materialized, well, just now, wherever and whenever... Now is. Don't be upset. <laughs> it won't spoil the lining of your global power suit. One so obvious and extensive, it does so warm my heart. And the hearts of everyone else, apparently. And certainly makes you sweat. <laughs> but I digress. Ah. Let's see where we are. Hmm. I would know Scottish rain anywhere. Really, house? You put one of your thresholds in a church? The rooftop of a church, no less. I already feel like I'm beginning to parboil out here. (laughs) Out here, on earth, in the bloody rain. In what looks like 21st century Edinburgh. I was expecting ancient Egypt, but we don't always get what we study for, or what we hope for. For example, I hoped for more welcoming weather. And I also never hoped to always hear that. Can you hear that too, listeners? I do hope the psychic link is holding, and of course, that the locator spell was accurate. At least you didn't miss the 13 odd hours of incantations, the damned sliver, the wax, the trombone solo, and of course the blood filled fire. What's that now? You did? Oh, House and I really need to put our heads together and work out this psychic link Bod's job. It's always displacing events. I told her, I said, I did, I said, a constant incantation subroutine implanted in my subconscious architecture so as to achieve proper constant boundless connection no matter when or where i am but no house goes for the lazy option yeah sure darling drill a hole in my extensive delicate head and of course you can stick cursed computer chips into my brain why not I am aware that I seem to be directing your attention away from that rather vicious growling. But as it turns out, the source is directly ahead of me. A few meters. On the edge. Facing away. The outer shell is human. Female, five-seven. Shoulder-length dark hair. Soaked and matted to the scalp and skin of the neck by the rain. I'm getting closer. <laughs> I really don't want to get closer, but I'm getting closer. The growling seems to have morphed into vague whispers of a thousand different voices. I see the body jolting, but beyond the veil, a term I use to define what is there beyond the normal scope of vision. What lies underneath, metaphysically speaking, I can see and smell death. Anger black, putrid smoke blooming and pluming and billowing and surging through her system in place of warm, comforting blood. Infected from the inside out. The next thing I saw silenced my external thought, forcing the tongue that speaks on the inside to take the reins. There was a definite tense shift in the air, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Beyond the veil, partially formed bat-like wings, visibly or invisibly struggling to grow, six of them on the verge of ripping through the skin of the vessel's back. In that moment, even though I thought I understood what I may be dealing with, what I may have been looking at, in truth, I didn't have the first idea. Well, I had a few ideas. Above, the sky rumbled in rage, almost staring down with lightning-filled eyes at the abomination in front of me. Something that did not belong on this plane of existence. Something that was clearly using a human vessel, a host, to bond to and survive, struggling to be free of its seemingly innocent confines. The problem with magic... It's if you use the wrong kind of spell on the wrong kind of demon, you'll be very lucky if you improve anything at all. However, there were and are spells of my own construction that seemed to work across the board. They focused on attempting to contain the dark energy within the vessel in a kind of stasis, biochemical, maybe, for a temporary amount of time, preventing it from performing its usual duties. Similar to how blood freezes when a human is subjected to cryogenics. I didn't want to kill this thing. Well, okay I did, but it no doubt had information I needed. The difficult part was resisting the temptation to overpower the dark heart of the energy. It was simple enough to starve it of matter, build up some pressure, make it go kablooey, no waiting. But what good was a dead demon, and the remnants of a rotting vessel? I usually summon my magics by clapping once to alert the necessary nerves within my hands and body. However, before I had the chance to put my hands together, the creature's head turned 180 degrees to face me, only inches away. Almost as if it had been waiting for me to attack, meeting my eyes with its cold, eyeless stare. Those weren't eyes. Those were wet voids of drowning fire, causing black tears and sliver to form and spill out. I just had time to vocalize the words, Your neck shouldn't be able to twist around that far, before the creature decided to roar in my face, to obviously distract. And it worked, for I wasn't expecting the double elbow strike to the chest that followed sending me flying back towards the church's clock tower and striking my back on the concrete, making a dent in the holy building. (laughs) I laughed, of course. I always laugh at my pain for what else is there to do. As I was already giggling, and to a lesser extent coughing with my outer tongue, I thought it best to carry on using it. Well, (laughs) that was more or less expected, wasn't it? And rude. Okay, I'm just going to assume that you're here to feed on the souls of the innocent, bringing darkness upon all you survey. Seems like a pretty safe bet, given the power of your elbows, not to mention the literal fire in your eyes. But I cannot help but notice your hesitation. What are you waiting for? There's loads and loads of tasty humans down there to feast on. Still forming, are we? Still probing the vessel's compatibility with the very essence of your evil, making sure that you don't break it while you're still trying to get born. Hurts, doesn't it? Reincarnation can be a terrible thing, especially if you know it's happening. Let's press pause right there. This will happen on occasion, listeners, where we take, or I take, some timeless time out of our daily lives to perhaps sit down, stand up, levitate, and have a little chat. To see what we can see, hear what we can hear, learn what we can learn. Time is not the boss of us. I believe that was rule number four hundred eight in another traveler's rule book. But back to the point. What could I see? Well, I could see that the wings were definitely about to sprout out of this unfortunate vessel's back. That was definitely about to happen. Then, no doubt, lots of screaming from the civilians below, then blood, guts, crashing cars, and general continuous carnage as this thing, I would later give it a name, laid waste to everything in sight. I could not let this creature take flight. I had to bind it to the confines of the roof. Good thing we were standing on the roof of a church. Stupid bloody demon. Stupid but strong and evolving. The fire in its eyes growing more intense, the vessel grew accustomed to the energy. That demon would soon be fully integrated. The vessel was beyond restoration. Even if I had began the necessary incantations when I first arrived over the threshold as opposed to gabbling with you lot since the show started, it wouldn't have made a difference. Or at least that's what I told myself. There, in that frozen moment. But enough talking. Time for some chanting. Let's press play, shall we? I don't mean to take the Lord's name in vain on a church roof or anything, but Jesus Christ, this thing's tough. I've never come across such a stubborn, rabid-sin bat. That's what I'm calling them, by the way. I'm sure I had a reason. And pause. Let me know if this gets annoying. As I struggled to keep the Sinbad bound to the roof, I began to realize that people were going to notice what was happening up here. Partially because, when active, my powers sound and look remarkably similar to energy blasts. Can't remember whether that was intentional or not, but my point is this spell wasn't exactly subtle. Over the noise of the mystical struggle, I could hear screeching tires and collective murmurings of terror and curiosity. On the downside, I was drawing attention to this demon, who was no doubt fueled by surrounding fear these types always are, but on the upside, it wouldn't just draw the attention of the humans below, with their smartphones and their, ugh, gravity but it would also draw the attention of the Furious Feathery Ones, the neighborhood watchers of the Netherworld. I was, of course, hoping for one particular watcher, and I knew that my hopes would not be in vain. There is a reason why you always do a locator spell before you choose your threshold... and... play. Speaking of reasons, Would you care to fulfill your purpose, Seaman? I know you're up there. Of course I'm up here. Well then, what the hell are you waiting for? This isn't exactly comfortable. I know. Then would you mind, awfully, my darling, helping me bind this thing? It's just a rare and wonderful thing to see you out of your debt. I haven't seen you this worktop since the Middle Ages. Really? Now you want to talk about the Middle Ages? I'm just saying it's a fair comparison. Zerzero, I swear if you don't get down here right now, I am canceling dinner with Los Angeles. <sighs> Fine. Diamama Dialamalaika the Diala. the Diala. Come on. Come on. Oh, good. So it's not just me. No, it isn't. There. That should do it. Mystical stasis initiated. Is that what I think it is? What do you think it is? Well, it looks like acrylatine, but then it wouldn't respond to magic because their transformations are biological and not mystical. Plus, they're from a different universe. No, see, that is a Seraphim. Please tell me you're joking. In this case, I wish I was, but we've fought Sarus before. They're serpent demons. They do not look like that. Not normally, but there are a few references to seraphs in bat-like forms. Six wings, virtually unbreakable skin, fireproof, mostly, and constantly hungry. I've never seen one in the flesh. First time for everything. Most recent references to the seraphim talk of select family members converting to human form, so as to hide amongst the populace. Smart idea if you got nowhere else to go. A lot of them would have been banished here after the new declaration. So, you're saying that this vessel was always housing a seraph? Maybe a dormant one. There has to be a catalyst, though, to set off the transformation. Something this strong couldn't just be born from surrounding dark energy alone, concentrated or not. I just don't buy it. There's something I'm not seeing. What about that? what about what left arm bite mark oh ew. snaky. so the vessel was bitten prior to transformation unless a snake appeared and munched on the arm afterwards but i didn't see one did you point taken so what do we do now something something that's all you got why am i always the one who has to have something well then otherwise what exactly is the point of you? oh ouch someone's grumpy this evening can you blame me that stasis field isn't going to last i can feel it then we need backup call one of your lonely siblings or several of them they should be able to keep our serapine company while we go looking for the snake if they can be bothered get a couple of them to maintain the stasis and give the leftover chicken something pointy if She gets free, and by she, I mean that thing over there. They're definitely going to need something pointy, like a skewer. They're really not going to like that. Tough titties start summoning. It is at this point, listeners, where I am allowing myself the sweet relief of skipping ahead in time. My time, anyway, not yours. My reasons are twofold. Firstly, Enochian, the language of the bloody angels, is tremendously difficult to translate in real time. And trust me, if you are lucky enough to hear an angel fallen or not, speak in their mother tongue. It's always advisable to have a translator nearby so you don't feel left out. Secondly, for me, since the new declaration, Enochian sounds like nails on a chalkboard. And I wouldn't want to put you through that, my dreadful things. It brings back bad memories of a time long since past. My past is complicated. Very complicated. But I suppose the past is not currently important. Nor is it current at all. (laughs) It wasn't long before the Seraph was held securely in stasis on consecrated ground. Well consecrated roof by more than two furious ones, all of them chanting in time, poised to attack, defend, and contain, though they seemed begrudging to say the least. It must be a family trait, and I should know. What was clear was that Saras of this level of strength were known to leave mystical energy signatures, so I decided the best plan was to retrace the vessel's steps... Steps that seemed to converge in bursts, some at street level, some higher up, but they all seemed to be converging southeast of the church. Ish. Although, it wasn't exactly the easiest of tasks due to the general atmosphere of giggling trepidation. It was a matter of tuning in to the appropriate psychic network and integrating with the correct matrices similar to the method I have used to allow you beautiful people to hear my thoughts and speech at different points in time. You can use mystical ley lines as map references, follow the trackways, mostly made up of electromagnetic energy and voila, you have yourselves the point of origin, the psychic railroad of sorts. It's a strange road to walk, but you do learn some unexpected things. The first was the state of the surrounding city. Edinburgh. For Z and me a once nostalgic place of peace. A beautiful, innocent peace. The peace had shamefully scuttled away into the ether by now, along with the innocence. There is only beautiful indifference now. It's just a different kind of gorgeous. Rioting in town centers and residential areas alike. A new kind of black market for weaponry. Widely known and widely used and yet anonymous and untraceable. Nobody can quite remember how that happened. Not even me. Shootings, stabbings, bombings crimes of passion and profit, Lawmen on horseback, shields and weapons clutched tightly to their chests 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Next would come the league tables, the demographic analyses, the use of criminalization as a basic social tool for the management of unruly populations that have had enough of the status quo. Well, the powers that be might say, If they don't like the status quo, let's just create a new one. I'm sure they won't notice. And if they do, let them. Let them notice. Let them destroy themselves. We'll be all that's left in the end. Doesn't that make things easier? Grandpa Grin always used to say, that a whole revolution can start with a single flame. A flame that dances around your heart and mind and says nothing more or less than fight hard, run fast, and be kind. In what sense are we sometimes able to leave behind what we are soon to become? This is not who we are. Yet. Between the rise and fall of tyrants, we sit idle, waiting. ...wandering and wandering through the relentless activity of the mind... ...that never rests. We all know that in here it is impossible to be alone. We can listen to ourselves... ...listen to the collective voices that have helped form the hearts that we were born to follow. These hearts can beat, obviously. They can be beaten and broken, posthumously. We strive to rebuild them... Honestly, just before someone then murders them, ominously. Anger always rises as the heart prepares to fall. The blood boils while the serenity foils till there's nothing there at all. We want peace. That's all we want, is peace. But are we prepared for it? Do we know what we actually want? Do we have plans to protect our inglorious revolution from the next one? I hope so. Because we won't know what to do with the people like us. The impossibly and excitingly pretty troublemakers. The ones who know. The ones who see. They are the ones who remember the final day, because they create the final day. Look at us, they might say, and they do say, usually while our blood-soaked purpose burns bright in their eyes. In our eyes. Who will forgive us? We have been fighting this war for so long, we can no longer live in peace. Here is the truth, you screaming, smiling Enders. I forgive you. For all the things you've done, for all the things you may have done, and for the only thing you have left. I forgive you. Grandma had a habit of going off on tangents. Seems like the apple, the peaches, and of course, The Pumpkin Pie didn't fall far from the heavily mutated mystical tree, did it? (laughs) Anyway, another thing I also didn't realize was that Zerzoro has followers from the 21st century. It made sense to me thousands of years ago. We were beacons of light back then, at least to the ones who resided here but not so much these days. Was it possible that he had once again grown tired of being alone? You can't blame the grumpy chicken. He and I share and walk a uniquely shadowed path. We walk through the darkness so that others may have the freedom to run in the light. And although we have absolutely no obligation to stay alive, We are never really allowed to die. Regardless, a select few of Zerzero's followers had a talent for obtaining certain kinds of information, almost always in an electronic format, and the kind of information that important people deem unfit for public access. Police reports, medical histories, coroner case files, all accessible to Zerzero via a bloody smartphone an angel with a smartphone. It did sound ridiculous to me at first, but after further thought I decided that it made sense in its own way. Angels did have a tendency to look down more than up, especially furious angels. For them, looking up just reminds them of how far they had fallen, whether the fall was intentional or not. It turns out that the vessel's name was Jamie Mortimer, 21. Psychology student dropout. She was reported as a missing person by her godfather and uncle Francis, who she shares an address with just over 48 hours ago. An extensive history of domestic abuse reports going back more than a couple of years. Most of them leveled at the uncle, who has a long history of arrests, to go with her long history of hospitalizations. Sounds like a revenge spell gone wrong to me. Strangely enough, Jamie Mortimer's deceased mother, Susan, was a witch. How do you know? Her cause of death. Give me that thing. Hmm. Drowned in a giant sulfuric acid-filled cauldron? Well, that clinches it, then. Apparently Uncle Francis was questioned about his whereabouts on the night of his sister's death, which, given the strange circumstances, was being treated first as suspicious. Although it was later ruled as an accident, and Francis wasn't charged, thanks to a friend confirming his alibi. He was, however, later put in charge of Jamie, and that was five years ago. So it's possible that Francis murdered his own sister and wished the same fate upon her teenage daughter. Perhaps because his sister's abilities didn't gel with his belief system, or was it simple envy? Maybe it's only the female descendants of that magical bloodline that manifest powers. Is resentment cause enough for murder? (laughs) What am I saying? Of course it is. A lot of Jamie's social media posts and event interests point to her being a fan of the occult. It's not surprising. The calling is there even if you can't quite understand the language. She would have needed a teacher. Maybe she tried to find one in Uncle Francis when her powers began to manifest, who I suppose snapped at any mention of the mystical or Jamie's mother. Lonely way to live. Indeed, Angel Face. When you're rejected by your blood, it's only natural that you would start to seek outside sources of validation. A lot of these occult events are money-grabbing cons, but there is this one address that keeps coming up over the last year or so. And it's also the last one that she attended before going missing. Never mind the address. We're nearly there. Nearly where? The source of the convergences, genius. Right here in the gate that moans. The what? the gate that moans i think the signal was a bit sketchy sounded as if the never Not there was on the phone to me while driving through several tunnels which i guess is technically true but the point still stands we're in koge the same address as jamie's last occult event looks like a bar it doesn't seem to be open yet well do excuse my directions for being a tad more metaphorical are you sure the never Not there wasn't whispering the gate that moves possibly well if you had just told me that we could have taken a more direct route we could definitely have avoided those main street riots I was compensating for the surrounding electromagnetic interference I needed space to work with leave me alone there's dark energy everywhere no wonder there are people fighting on the streets and let's be honest you just found that event address if you'd just gone through her social profile back at the church, we could have just teleported here directly. You were the one who wanted to charge off looking for the snake, and thinks that a magical solution is always the first solution for everything. And excuse me if mountains of police reports distract me from online profiles. Uh, excuse me, gentlemen. <clears throat> have either of you got a light? And pause. As you can hear, listeners, it is at this point where Zerzero and I began to butt heads. It's no big deal, we're friends, it happens. The issue, though, this sudden appearance of this charming, scruffy new man in both our lives made me momentarily forget both where I was, and to some extent, what I was. For just one second, but it was one second too long. I forgot that I wasn't kicking back at home where something like lighting a cigarette by simply clicking the flame into existence and pinching the source of the flame between your thumb and first finger was commonplace. Here, it could be seen as a life-changing event, possibly. I did hear Zerzero's heartbeat quicken, however, I didn't have time to stop myself. Oh, where'd you learn a day that, mate? Cheers! His casual attitude did relieve me somewhat, and so I decided to answer his question. Paris, 1791. It's a great way to attract crowds, which, trust me, during the French Revolution was seen to be rather... ...useful. Please don't mind him, sir. He's not exactly... Human? Says Z-Man with the wingspan. He can't see my wingspan. Can't he? No! can we please get on with this fine it was nice to meet you Simon Redgren sorry you didn't tell me that was your name did you Uh yeah. oops <laughs> reflexes can't help myself sometimes ignore him he's just high hey I resent that no you don't yeah okay <laughs> I don't no problem boys you have a good night now That sentence was a perfect blend of passive and passionate. Welcome to Edinburgh on a Friday night during riot season. Oh, and watch out for those bin snakes. Snakes? Simon, wait! What snakes? Um, those snakes. Ooh, are there snakes living in that bin over there? It would seem so. Well? Well, what? What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you to tell me what you're waiting for. Well, I'm assuming that we came here to capture a live seraph in snake form? Why would you assume that? Because I thought that was going to help us vanquish the one back at the church! Oh yeah, there's a great idea. Bring an extra foot soldier from the opposing team onto the battlefield. Let it distract and attack your siblings, performing the incantations long enough to get free and start wrecking Scotland's capital city right in the middle of riot season. We're here to determine the source, the power behind the snakes, the power behind Jamie's unfortunate manipulation into becoming a pretty much fully formed witch, demon, vessel, thingy. And maybe, if we're very, very, very lucky, a clue to the blanket of darkness sweeping this fair land, the source of the creation is far more interesting and informative than the creation itself. But what about the demon? Did you seriously not hear a word I just said? If we find the source of the creation, we may also find the key to its destruction. You know, in there? The place beside the sin bin full of shifty demon snakes? What I mean is, I can feel my siblings struggling to keep that thing bound back there. I thought furious ones couldn't sense each other's pain. No. We can. That's just something that you say. Well then, by all means go and check on them. And ask your followers if they know where to find a giant ice gun. I'll stay here. You know, keep an eye on things. Maybe examine the snakes if it'll make you feel important. What the hell do we need a giant ice gun for? Well, other than the fact that seraph literally means to burn in Hebrew and that the closest opposite to burn is to freeze, which in the short term at least may be a preferable and less straining method of binding the thing to one spot while we figure out a plan. Aside from those things, I've just always wanted to use a giant ice gun. (laughs) Fine, I'll make the call on the way back. Don't do anything. Just be cool. Don't talk to anyone. Don't be, you know, you. I think you'll find I'm perfectly cool. Just don't be too long and try to get more of your brothers and sisters on deck. Spread the word. The stronger that thing gets, the more grumpy chickens we're going to need. I'll share the psychic link and dictate a spell to you if I think of one. Stay safe, dickhead. <laughs> That's it off your flap <laughs> Sucker Ah alone at last now let's have a peek beyond the veil of deafening deceit, shall we, listeners? Ye Yearentus yeah, Hmm Mystical Protection Glyphs Is that the seal of Solomon? One layer of security? Is this a trap? Or is this pathetic? (laughs) Either way, I'm intrigued. The question isn't, can I open the door? Of course I can open the door. The question is, dare I, given that I've just noticed all those sin-bin snakes staring at me as I move closer to this threshold. Dare I make a telepathic connection with a most likely evil and angry door and step into the unknown? Alone? Kyagoya. Yes, <laughs> I think I dare. Jesus Christ! Not another one. He's definitely not here right now, can I take a message? You're a spooky bitch, me. How can you tell, stranger? You've only laid your mortal eyes on the back of my head and witnessed me unlock and open a forbidden door with my thoughts at... Wait, what year is this? And by the time you give me an answer to this question, I will have turned around and graced you with my faithful face of graceless grace. I'd thank you not to stare too much. I know it's tempting. Uh, 2020, mate. Jesus Christ. Christ on a bendy bus. How dare you? I look nothing like him. And my face does not resemble public transportation, nor does my fashion sense. Why do people always get that wrong? He's not even corporeal in this timeline. I don't think... Never mind. Did you say 2020? I may. They're calling it the year of hindsight. 365 days of reflection. Huh. In that case, you must be terrified. Twenty-first century. Real turning point. Or a fake one. Depends on who you're having the argument with. If you ask any smart conspiracy theorist, or any crazy one... Same difference. They'll tell you that the new millennium brought forth an age of giggling transparency. Giggling and bleeding. Magic users like myself would agree with that, mostly. But ask any politician in, say, the year 5,000 and they'll tell you that the mid-21st century was when their kind got bored of lying to the populace for political gain, or more often damage control. They decided it would be much more interesting to tell the truth, true transparency, and then maybe, just maybe, they could attain long-lasting power with their souls intact. Of course... That was a lie, and not only did it end rather quickly, in some cases and concepts such as, let's say, freedom, it ended up backfiring enormously. And then we had to start all over again. For the first time. Again. (laughs) Let me educate you in something, my friend. And listen carefully, because I'm not even sure you're going to hear me say this once. Covering your tracks with a lie isn't as powerful as covering them with a truth. Truths last. The pain lasts. Perfect place to hide. In plain sight. Speaking of which... You never saw me, and everything is completely normal. I mean, everything is completely normal normal yes indeed and the words spoken from my lips to your ears will be nothing more than a near-distant memory that may or may not define your every sunny day unless of course you subscribe because make no mistake listeners it's not over yet (laughs) now then where was i Ah uh, yes. <laughs> Yoo-hoo anybody home? <laughs>